What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The MLB postseason is finally here, and we are back after one week off. We just kind of enjoyed that last week of regular season baseball, tried to stay excited, and now the excitement is insane. Carson, we are recording this less than 24 hours before first pitch of the ALDS. Are you doing okay? Is the anticipation killing you? The biggest thing that's killing me right now is that knowing 24 hours from now, tomorrow, we will uh, be in a bit of a situation. Either I will be biting my nails with anxiety or I'll be so enamored with whatever's going on, like the fact that I do we're blowing them out or we're getting blown out, that I've just lost everything. So, uh, it, you know, it could be... Um, could be a fun game. Game one is always a big excitement, but as we saw last year, the first two games really don't mean much. Yeah, and we have a lot to get into. We can start with the postseason roster. It's been, I'd say, unofficially announced. Like, every spot's been announced, but there's been no formal thing. But today, the latest news was that Rajay Davis gets the 25th spot over Eric Gonzalez. I thought Rajay was the logical choice because Gonzalez was only going to be there as kind of an emergency infielder, and you kind of have your emergency infielder in center field right now, um, or at third base, or I mean second base with Jose Ramirez. Everyone can move around. Yeah, that's so. I think just Rajay's base stealing abilities. It just it's just common sense. And yeah, it just it makes sense because you already have Greg Allen. Should Jason Kipnis have a need to go to the midfield, you have Greg Allen that you can place out there in center field, or should something else happen among the midfield, then Jose Ramirez is very flexible. So I, I think it's more. A lot of people said it like you're sacrificing insurance if you don't put Eric Gonzalez on the playoff roster, but it's just to me it doesn't make that much sense. It's getting the speed option of Rajay Davis is such a difference maker when it comes to these big games. Yeah, the whole, the whole like having an insurance thing. It's a maximum five game series. Do you carry people on your roster all year like with the panic that someone's going to go down? Like, and I believe if someone gets hurt bad, you can add someone. I'm not positive on that. I don't know the exact rules but either way Rajay is on it he joins a bench that like you said also features Greg Allen so you have two base dealers there and also defensive replacements for Jason Kipnis I don't think we're going to see Kipnis in the outfield in the eighth or ninth innings especially with the fact his bat is 
very average, even compared to the other two guys. Yeah, um, and then you also you get Brandon Geyer out there. I, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get Tyler Naquin because uh, I, he did play in that scrimmage game, the Dobies versus the uh, the Fellers, or uh, that's what it was, right? Yeah, the Dobies and the Fellers. I'm not sure. I just saw clips. I didn't see any info. I, I did see like a picture that was uh, taken from some of the beat writers, and yeah, I, I think it was those two teams. Speaking of like the the lineup for those two teams. The uh, I think like the actual starting lineup was the the Fellers, the Dobies. If you if the Indians place that lineup up there every single week or every single game, they might lose 130 games. <laughs> it was yeah. very unbalanced of a scrimmage game. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't like sort things out. But I guess if you want to keep the chemistry rolling, it was really just to keep keep the guys staying fresh, keep everyone yeah. fresh. So anyway, yeah, we're back here now. Uh, we missed last week's show. There was really not much to talk about. I guess. We were just waiting for the season to end. It's, in a good way, though. It was once once August like I ended, and we'd gotten that close to clinching, and then the clinching actually happened. It was just like, okay, I'm ready for October. This is just nonsensical to sit here and watch these meaningless baseball games, especially. I think there was a point when we were playing the White Sox, and it was the game that they left Carlos Carrasco in there to uh, close out at the, at the bullpen after Trevor Bauer had started, and. Tito was just like, yeah, we're just not going to change anything. Just no, no need to get the bullpen warmed up. I'm, I'm fine with losing this game. And once I realized that Tito was fine with losing this game, I was fine with not watching the rest of the games. <laughs> so Yeah, and it almost gets just foolish to break down games like that. Like, just make sure everyone's healthy and gets out of that, there. That was, but now we have real baseball, thank God. Yes, that's the and that was the biggest takeaway. Like, make sure everyone's healthy for October, and it seems like everybody's healthy for October, and... Now we've got guys going in, and it was mentioned. I, I mentioned uh, Michael Brantley being a very important key piece to this Indians lineup, but there's a lot of guys that are healthy that aren't producing as much. Like obviously Ramirez in the final month was not that great in terms of production. Same with Jan Gomes and Frankie Lindor for that matter. So. And Jan Gomes is a player who is indeed healthy heading in. There were some concerns, so that's good news. That's the big thing. Like I, obviously he's not. He was batting 167 in his last seven games, and that was like obviously atrocious. But I don't know. It's it's good to see now. Like if he comes in and makes a big difference, because obviously we know how bad Roberto Perez has been all year. Although he did kind of come hot there in the final month of the year. It's Jan Gomes is just such a difference maker behind the plate. Yeah, he. I mean, I think a lot of people just think you could sub in catchers at will, but there's also the chemistry with the pitching staff and just being comfortable and everything and like he had has had a plus year i'd say compared to some of his slumps so yeah just having him back there was nice it was really the only concern i mean the starting rotation's healthy bauer says he's 100 percent healthy bullpen's good to go now it's i'm just biased so i don't everyone. think there's any weak spots but yeah now it's just getting everyone like in sync and getting them hot like you know get josh donaldson out there he's obviously playing well edwin's playing well since josh donaldson joined the joined the fold and then guys like just obviously Ramirez needs to find his rhythm. If he's if the Indians are gonna like win this series and go deep in the playoffs, they need Ramirez to be what he was for most of the season. I don't think that if Ramirez plays like he did in the final two months, I don't think our chances are as good. Which was the case last year in the ALDS because they scraped by a few wins, but the stars of the team were struggling. But at the same time, they're so young. So you think you know they have that one year of experience? Maybe this year they'll hopefully build off that and won't just shut down but i mean it was such a small sample size too i'm just here making excuses for them but no excuses this I, year. yeah this is really like 
and the way it's kind of sinking in, like as I'm writing up the preview for the series, which will be up before the game tomorrow, I'm kind of just writing this thinking like this is kind of surreal. Like there's a chance this is my last preview I write up for the season. There's a chance that a lot of the names that I've mentioned throughout the year like won't be on this team next year. Like who knows what happens with Andrew Miller and Cody Allen and Michael Brantley, among many others. Yeah, this is your first postseason as site expert. This is my third so I'm excited to get back to it. But, yeah, it is wild when you realize. And we're spoiled in a sense, too. It's like, imagine if we were, like, covering the Orioles or something. We'd be like, oh, please let this in. <laughs> but for us, it's like, you know, it's like a fun nervousness. Yeah, it's because we've had so much fun riding throughout the year. Like, I, I became an expert in May, so it was, like, right at the start of the season. And it's just been fo- so much fun riding throughout the year because we have such a good team. And it makes the content that much easier to put out. But I couldn't imagine being a writer for, like, one of the Orioles sites or the Rangers sites and be like, Please end me. Please end this. I don't want to do this anymore. And then the offseason comes around, and all of a sudden they can have all the optimism in the world. Yeah. And just getting back to the roster, I think when we start to look at it, we can, I guess, talk about some omissions. The only, I've written this several times, and the only notable names left off, I said, were like Neil Ramirez and Josh Tomlin, but not notable because they should have been on there. Just notable because maybe there was a chance. I mean, Tomlin was being talked about, but. I think when you look at the final bullpen and you add Bauer or Bieber in there, there was, I mean, there was no shot either of those guys were going to make it. Yeah, and Bieber's just the more plausible option at that point over over Tomlin. And Neil Ramirez had had his struggles throughout the season in the bullpen, so I really didn't think like he was going to get that much better as in terms of uh, playing time. And it just it made more sense to go with guys like Dan Otero in the bullpen. So, but then on like on that note, it's not like a huge surprise, but. Tyler Naquin, like I said earlier, I I thought like maybe he'd be healthy enough to return. Like the biggest part about the omissions that I'm looking at is just omissions due to either injury or just poor pitching performance. Like Lonnie Chisenhall, obviously, is probably just not he's done. Sadly, yeah, it's weird to think Chisenhall and Zimmer were two players who, if healthy, would be out yeah. there. But that opens up spots probably for Guy or an Allen. It just, and like if Zimmer was out there, you had, you almost wonder if Jason Kipnis would be playing in center field or start like starting in center field at all, or if they would have made the Donaldson yeah. trade. And if Lonnie Chisholm was out there, then we might not have Milky Cabrera, who's been like a big difference maker for the Indians all year. Yeah, it's it's odd how that plays out. When it happens in the moment, you're like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? But I mean, and Milky Cabrera wasn't like a star addition, but he's been solid out there. And you have Josh Donaldson, who. You know, I'm sure they still would have tried the trade for him just because he's such a big name and it never hurts to have so much talent. But, I mean, not to get hypothetical on it, but, yeah, you don't know what would happen. But, yeah, as for as for Naquin, seeing him in that scrimmage game, I thought, you know, it's possible, but I don't think no matter what he did, he wouldn't have made it. They just had the guys set, and they, they'd rather have Geyer out there as a backup being a veteran. Yeah. Um, but on one another note on the roster, and this is not an omission, it's actually something that, Happy to see that he made the roster as uh, Yandy Diaz, who will yeah. be hopefully get some good playing time out there. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see where they use him and how they use him in terms of setting up the uh, the entire lineup as a whole, or like using any bench players and whatnot. So I don't know. I, I would just be excited to see Yandy out there in the, some playoff action. Yeah, my fear was that they were going to take Gonzalez over him and then never play Gonzalez. And you just need to have some extra bats there just in case for like matchup purposes or. Someone gets a little dinged up, but it's not like the, it's an emergency. So, yeah, and it, it just Yandy Diaz, I know there's on Twitter, there's the big, like, free Yandy movement. And I'm sure next year he'll be up full time. 
But I guess a lot of people said that last year, too. But, yeah, it is good to see him out there just adding talent, not putting people, not like getting too fancy with it like last year, like starting Urshela at third. It's like just put your best guys out there and just see what they can do. Let us never forget that's the crazy Giovanni to think Urshela that he days. was the starter. Yeah, that's we'll never forget that. I mean, I think it was one play that he made a third base when he kind of did snag the ball out of the air and like just made a spectacular catch and threw a guy out at first. It was a uh, similar to last night when um, Hechevarria made that incredible catch for the Yankees at third base, which obviously I'm still upset about that victory, but that's for another series, I suppose. Yeah, a potential ALCS. Hopefully, hopefully, that's I would love an. Indians Yankees ALCS because I'd love to beat I love beating the Yankees and a little revenge from last year too mm. that's looking very far ahead because the Astros are pretty good yes. last last time I checked and but they also might have a World Series hangover so that's the hope even though they won like a hundred games <laughs> it's the hope um since uh, speaking on how good the Astros are this is a good transition by me like not to brag but we could look at how good the Astros rotation has been as a whole and oh yeah it's gonna translate to these pitching matchups that we're going to see do you want to read their first three starters yeah uh justin verlander garrett cole and dallas keichel now pretty good if you're an indians fan two of those names aren't really that intimidating because obviously the indians have a history of beating the snot out of justin verlander and then dallas keichel was not really been that great against the indians as well especially in the last year like this last year he lost two games against cleveland it was certainly not his best performances in that instance and then uh, Garrett Cole, we did see once this year, and it was that game against Trevor Bauer, and that was kind of a, uh, a pitcher's duel up until the point where the Indians bullpen just blew it. But yeah, those are three starters right there that it's really gonna put a lot of pressure on the Indians lineup. But the Indians can match it pretty well. Yeah, not only do the Indians, their rotation is pretty equal to that, I'd say. But when you think like if we're biased because we're Indians fans, but if you're not an Indians fan, their lineup is one of the better lineups on paper in baseball. So, I mean, they could take down any... It's like an all-star game almost. It's like you see these pitchers give up home runs. It's like, oh my God, how did Justin Verlander give up four or five runs? It's like, well, he's going up against Jose Ramirez, Encarnacion, Donaldson, Lindor, so... Well, Verlander just in general has just had so many struggles against Cleveland for whatever reason. Well, they just know him so well. I mean, he's had... I think last year he had a... ERA over eight in four games against Cleveland, and he had a one and three record. Like he was just this had a snot beat out of him when he was in Detroit. Obviously, we didn't see him when he was uh, in Houston. But yeah, he just yeah, it's it's something that he struggles with, and I'm gonna ride it to the bank. I'm gonna ride that storyline to the bank until tomorrow's game. And if Justin Verlander happens to have a good game, then we know that we weren't stealing his signs. Well, I'm sure it's gonna be a main storyline on the broadcast too. Yeah, especially with him and Keuchel. Yeah. And then Corey Kluwer, obviously. And I'm is a hoping it. That's, that's a. Kluwer yeah. versus Verlander is such a big matchup. It's so easy, to, or like, not easy, but there's so many headlines out there, and it's like these ridiculous postseason rankings. It's like, I, I think SB Nation put one out that had the Astros and Indians as the two worst playoff yeah. teams. Like, what? SB Nation is that really. Had to be like some I, I feel bad for thing. the guys at Let's Go Tribe because SB Nation was really putting a hurting on them. I think they commented about that. And saying, they had the Rockies number one. And they changed it, I think, because they, when, before the. Uh, the Cubs and the uh, the A's were eliminated. I think they had the A's down there as well. Or they actually had the A's pretty high, high up, and the Cubs were down there. Yeah. So I don't know where SBA should get the rankings, but if that was like a joke, but I mean the Indians, if the Indians had to engage in a true pennant race, I'm sure they'd have some more wins. That's the biggest thing. Like I, and I've that's my argument whenever I'm uh, 
in a whiny mood and our, I might have had a few drinks and I'm thinking, listen, Tito knows how to manage against his division. Clearly, he didn't want to stress his lineup too much because he knew he could win the AL Central with 85 wins. Blah, blah, blah. It's true, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't disrespect what Tito does. No, no baseball fan out there with any knowledge of the history of the MLB can hate Tito for anything. Yeah. And they still had, what, 91 wins? Yeah. When they really had nothing to play for for two months. Precisely. And the Astros, meanwhile, had to play. They have 103 wins, and they had to fight till the very finish because Oakland just had such a remarkable year. And the same thing goes with the Red Sox and the Yankees. Although, no, the, to yeah. no discredit to any of those teams, obviously they're really good teams, and we're going to see how good the Astros are here. But I'm sitting there writing the lineups for this, uh, this series in a preview, and I'm just thinking, like, there's so many all-star. Like, the shortstop position for both teams, you got Correa and Lindor. You got Altuve and Ramirez at second base, and then third base you've got Donaldson and um, uh, Bregman. So they're just they're loaded. A lot of young stars in the series. Yeah. I will say I think Houston does get a bit of an advantage when it comes to the outfield. I do think they do have some really good outfield players. Uh, obviously, you know George Springer is a great one, and uh, Marwin Gonzalez is very underrated, and so is Josh Reddick. Yeah, our outfield on paper is not as strong because you have well Brantley's. Solid, but then you have Kipnis and Cabrera, and obviously, like Cabrera is not like a big name, although he's had a good year. And then Kipnis is just you know he's Jason Kipnis, but but if he, they only have three or four at bats a game, they get one hit, drives in a run. It's all that matters. That's that's the way I'll take it. You know, that's get, why a lot of baseball coverage sometimes seems they put a lot of emphasis on one or two guys. But I mean, it's not like one person in the lineup has never gotten a hit before. Like so, if you have someone at the bottom of your order pick up one extra base hit or something, and then that could be the difference. Yeah, and then there's no discredit to Michael Brantley. Obviously, I did a whole puff piece on him and how his season's been. Really, when you do look at the numbers, like he's had such a remarkable season compared to his last two years, and that's why everyone was so upset when we resigned him because last two years he was subpar, and then he comes out this season and blows blows it up like he like Michael Brantley does. And then uh, obviously, like you have Greg Allen in the outfield and. You mentioned Jason Kipnis maybe getting two or three at-bats. Get Greg Allen out there, and he'd get him on base, and all of a sudden he's at third base. Yeah, or anyone gets a hit late, and you put in. Even if Kipnis gets a hit late, you put in Allen or Rajay, and it's complete, It's completely different. And that's one thing the Indians have, I think, against any other team in the AL, at least, is speed. Like They're, they're the fastest team in the AL. They're, and they're the best base-stealing team yeah. in baseball. Yeah, so there's, there's no shortage of that, and... I haven't like looked at the numbers to see how good the Astros are, the catchers are at throwing people out, but it's tough to throw those guys. I mean, Rajai Davis and Greg Allen alone have uh, plenty of stolen bases, and they're not even everyday starters compared to Jose Ramirez, who has is in the thirty thirty club, obviously. Yeah, I think Rajay had like twenty one steals and very limited action. Uh, let's look it up here. We got unless I have Allen's numbers, but I know our Matt Bretz yeah. wrote an article. Greg Allen today actually, about <laughs> you're right in both articles. They both they both had twenty one steals. Yeah. And that's limited action, obviously. Yeah, Matt Brett's wrote a piece on why Davis needs to be on the roster, and it's just his base running stats are like, if he played every day, which he couldn't, like, maintain a good enough slash line to do that. But if he did, he'd have so many, so many more steals, and he's like 38 years old. He should be trending towards retirement, and he's like the best runner on the team. If you... uh. If, you, if you're a reader of the site and you know Matt Brett's, like, in his articles, his roster management skills are just, he's, he's very vocal about how he believes in his roster management, and I admire it. 
Like he, he did the article about Trevor Bauer and how he's starting the bullpen as well. So And that's what's happening, it yeah. seems like. It'll be um and that's so even if Shane Bieber starts, I'm sure it'll only be like four innings yeah. max. And that's the pitching matchup we haven't talked about. We talked about the first three, obviously like Clevenger and Carrasco will take games two and three for the Indians, but then game four will either be Shane Bieber or Trevor Bauer against was it Charlie Morton and Lance McCullers, one of the two. The, I, I don't positive. think the Astros have announced it. It'll be one of those two, obviously. It's just the Astros haven't announced it yet. Um, one other thing to note about the pitching, and this is if you just believe in morals in general, and if you're a good person, then you should root for the Indians because the Astros took out Ozuna in that bullpen. And, you know, he's still a scumbag. That has not changed. Yeah, it's like the same thing with him or all this Chapman, a lot of guys. It's They make these signings, and then they try to justify it, and you just curious, like, what the teammates think. I mean, it's a business, but, yeah, that is. Yeah. Are the fans? That's, like, a thing that probably won't. It'll be brought up if he appears in a game, but it'll be quickly, you know, glossed over. But, yeah, that is not good. And it's not to, like, obviously it's easy to say when they're not on your team. And if you're an Astros fan and you're cheering for them, then, you know, I mean, it's, it's that's your doing. It's just, like, if, if we had something, uh, God, God forbid that ever happens, like, if we have something like that, then... I wouldn't. I'd be in the same moral situation. Like, do I cheer for this guy? It is weird being a sports fan. Yeah. That happens in a lot of teams. It questions your morals, I guess. That's a very deep emotional talk we're getting to here on this. Yeah. World or this uh, ALDS preview <laughs> podcast, but almost said World Series preview. Let's go. I. Uh, I'm thinking ahead. You know, I'm not saying I can see the future, but. Do you know what day Game Seven of the World Series is scheduled for? Is it Halloween? It's on Halloween. <laughs> So if there is a Game 7 of the World Series, you can shoo the kids away by 8 o'clock who are trick-or-treating. You want to make a bet here? So this is my proposition. Uh, if the Indians go to Game 7 of the World Series, I will do the Rick Vaughn haircut to match my Rick Vaughn jersey and uh, my big dorky glasses. Maybe I'll put like a little skull and crossbones even in the middle. See, that's tricky, though, because that means if they made it, and we're getting very far ahead of ourselves, that they'd have to lose three games. So that's some heartbreak that I'm agreeing to in this bet. You know, you take the good and you take the bad. But it's, it's worth it. It's all for worth worth the haircut. And it'll, obviously it'll, it'll go up on the site. Us. Yeah, it's, it's content for that matter. I'll, uh, I'm growing my, like, I, the last haircut I got, it's been like over a month. So the, the back of my head has kind of got like some length to it. So it's perfect to shave it right in there. Maybe I'll go to, maybe just like throw a little added flair on top of it. I'll go to my ex-girlfriend who did hair. I'll make her do it. Added flair and unnecessary uh, situation to throw yourself in. You know, for the costume, all for the team. I'm a team player. So yeah, that's there's a little proposition. And next week, if we're out, then we don't have to talk about it again. But if we are still, we in, just will never record again. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never get a haircut again. Actually, my original Halloween costume plan was to go as gritty. That's terrifying. <laughs> so yeah, that's. It's about it, you know? It's ALDS. This is kind of our, our big hurrah that we've been waiting for. It's, it feels like we've been a deadlock for the playoffs all season long, and now that the playoffs are actually starting, this is like where the anxiety really hits. Yeah, I equated it to being a Cavs fan, which I am for the past four years. You generally assume they're going to make the finals. People come out, not even the playoffs, the finals. You knew they are going to be in the playoffs. And people would be like, well, I'm not so sure. And the whole year I'd be like, they're going to make it. 
and then they lose a few regular season games be like they're gonna make it and with the indians at no point during the season was there any worry that they wouldn't win the division like the tigers were like two and a half back at one point i'm like the tigers are horrible no, they're not it's like and then I think another show I did, they had a prop bet, like, saying the Tigers will be ahead of the Indians of the division come next week. Never happened. I think they ended up dropping, like, five games that week. So, and that's, like, in April, there was obviously the slow start, and I think that a lot of the cold weather played into that. But there was never, like, even then, when they, the bullpen was going through its worst struggles of the year in May and June, it was there was never, like, a feeling of we might actually lose the division because the division is just so bad. And even next year, I don't see it getting that much better. I think the Indians have been in first place since like near the end of April. There was no, actually <laughs> near the beginning of April. Uh-huh. There was after the Mariners series, I think there, I looked and it said like they had, they held first place from April 2nd and then never got rid of it. It was just because the other team started off so bad. You got to remember like the Tigers were, one of the main contenders keeping up with the Indians for parts of the year. And the Tigers didn't play half their games for the first two weeks because of all that snow that happened in Detroit. And Cleveland never really had that issue, thankfully. Like, I think we had – we didn't really have that many postponed games this year, now that you think about it. Well, they started out west, which is what every team should do. But, yeah, there weren't too many, luckily. There was no crazy blizzard games, as we've seen in the past. I I, I think the biggest, biggest, most notable one was not playing on Jackie Robinson Day whenever – that one got rained yeah. out. But aside from that, there really wasn't that many postponements, which I love because obviously I'm, every day I wake up going, all right, who are we playing today? What's, what's going on today? Who's starting? But that's just the part of feeling of looking forward to it. And now with the ALDS and the and the headlights, it's it's the feeling of like obviously you think the Indians are going to win and get that far, but if they lose, then that feeling's gone. I'm going to go ahead and predict that they win the series in four games. Four. I like it. Which games do they win? Which, what do they win and which do they lose? I say they they lose game two. I'm not rooting for them to lose game two. That's just that's what I'm going to say because they're not going to lose at home. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll cry. Um, <laughs> and clearly and game one, happen. I think they'll take down Verlander. Yeah, that's fair. I, like, uh, I, I think I'll go with a similar pick. I'll say, you know, I think I'll say in five. I don't, I don't know how confident I'll be if they go to Houston for game five. But I'm going to... Hey, they lost at home in Game 5 last year, so... I'm going to assume that if they go to a Game 5, it'll either be Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer on the mound. And likely against Justin Verlander. And if that's the case, then I would be well prepared. I also say they lose Games 2 and Games 3 or 4. Because 2, obviously, is going to be tough with Garrett Cole. And as much as I love Carrasco, this has not been his best year. By his standards, but if he can turn around, prove me wrong in the playoffs, then go ahead. But yeah, I'm hoping the offense proves us wrong and just whoops the Astros all three games. I mean, that's what everyone's hoping for. But when it comes to playoff sports with my teams, I don't want the games to be close. It's more fun when they're close. But for like the ALDS, I want the Indians to win like ten nothing every game. I don't want. I I want the first inning to just be a big blowout inning, and they could sit there and enjoy it because there's nothing. It gives me a migraine more than a game, like a 1-1 game in the seventh inning, and then like a runner gets on base. I'm like, oh my God. You remember game two of last year, obviously it was the big extra innings win, and then oh, game yeah. three in New York was just, I think the, one the Yankees won one nothing. It was just, That's, Is that when Judge robbed Santana, yeah. which would have been the difference? Yeah. No, he, I think he robbed Lindor, but yeah, it was right there 
at the short porch, which that I think last night played into like obviously the Yankees killed the A's, but the short porch played a lot into that. Yeah, and you had Luke Voigt uh, showboating his <laughs> his hit because he hit it three hundred feet. Um, in Yankee Stadium, that's what it'll do to you. You hit a fly ball and you think you're a you know a legend. What's worse, Luke Voigt showboating a three hundred foot home run, or was it who was it that was was it Addison Russell that bat flipped on a walk? No, not Addison not Russell. Sure. Obviously, he didn't play. It was Javier Baez. He bat flipped on a walk in the Cubs game. So I'm all about young players bat flipping. I'm not about not running out your hit. <laughs> it's not a sure home run. He got a triple out of it, but it's probably all he would have got. But you, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah, it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do I the love same thing too. But, but bat flipping on a walk. Yeah. I don't know. I'm all about. I'm all about that new ad too about. Griffey yeah, saying let great. the kids play and I saw some tweets like from national writers getting emails crazy emails from older people like this is a disgrace to baseball I won't be watching my- it's like well were you gonna were you gonna watch in the first place <laughs> my son was watching that when you told him to bat flip people are crazy my grandma is 88 and she loves it she loves all, all the attitude in baseball our favorite player is Lindor so I'm like it's not just an old person thing I'm not crazy and just make these sweeping claims but there is a lot of backlash from people who have been watching baseball from a time when you would win the World Series, shake hands, and go have a beer, smoke cigarettes in the clubhouse. <laughs> in the dugout. It's just different yeah, now. It's just it's the way it is, but it's fun, you know? Let the kids play, like Ken, like, uh, Ken Griffey said. A jacked Ken Griffey. Very muscular. Uh, are you gonna, they, you know, they, don't, they don't drug test once you're out of the league, do they? No. Okay. I hope not, unless you're <laughs> on like parole or something. Said, like if you're in the Hall of Fame, and then, then you can do steroids. Now that you're in... Do of all you want. I'm sure Ken Griffey's muscles are very genuine. I think we can wrap it up because, you know, there's only so much speculation we can have. I'm not big on going score predictions for yeah, baseball no. games. I think a series, the series prediction sports. we did is good. You'll say innings in five, I'll say in, or in four, I'll say in five. Mark it down, folks. Hoping in three, sure thing in four. Yeah, that's good. So next week... <laughs> We'll have to figure out the schedule because they could be playing Thursday night. Yeah, so we'll just have to um, play it by ear. Expect us late next week sometimes, or at some point. Yeah, we'll be back at some point either. Emotionally distraught or yeah. extremely hungover from celebrating. Oh, yeah. So it's Because I'm on my school, Kent State has fall break next week. So I just realized that I don't have class next Friday. So if they do win or lose... Bender City. I'll be going wild. Bender City. <laughs> it's like a choose-your-own-adventure for next week's episode, folks. All right. Like a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> All right. I think that wraps up, then. As always, yeah, you know where to find us. We got us. the... Oh, let me just... You can go ahead. I was excited. Oh, yeah. I was just, you can go just ahead putting the plugs the in. You know, as, as always, you, you know where to find us as uh, iTunes. We, we still have not gotten affirmation on Google Play. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but we're on iTunes for sure. Yes. And then, um, as and we have nine five star reviews, so keep leaving those reviews. That helps us with when people search for baseball podcasts. Yeah. That helps us go towards the top. And if you search Cleveland Indians, you're we're one of the first you find. But if you're searching baseball, then yeah, we want we want to work our way out there a little bit. So yeah, uh, what's the other website that we're on? We're hosted on Spreaker, okay. which is more of just our hosting site. But if you don't have iTunes. You can go to that, and when when I post the article on the site, um, that's where I link it to. So you can find it there. 
it's not really a it's not really the best way to listen if you're trying to have it be the most convenient, but it is a way. Yeah, to if you're on go if you're on computer at work and you just have your web browser, it's like open. a SoundCloud type yeah. thing. If you get your web browser open at work, then when you're on your computer, then that's a good one to use. That way, you don't have to pull your phone out and your boss doesn't yell at you. Yeah, we want you to listen in secrecy at work, <laughs> and then listen in public everywhere else. Yes, but yeah, we can wrap it up. We got this will go live. Hopefully, I'm gonna try to get up tonight, Thursday night. You can listen to it Friday before the game at two. And be on the site. We got a lot of good stuff already out and some more to come. Indeed. All right. That'll do. See you next week, folks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.